Good morning, everyone. How we doing? Welcome to Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill. Um, it's good to see everyone, and uh, just going to walk through a few things before I turn it over to our speaker this morning, uh, but a few things I wanted to say. One, so grateful for all of the prayers um, for the different Israel um, events that we had opportunity to share at. Sunday last week was the rally in Chapel Hill, and that went really, really well, so praising the Lord for that. Thank you for your prayers. And Tuesday night at the uh, synagogue in Raleigh also went well, and God's opening some further doors uh, for the church and for us to be involved and su- continue to support Israel. So thank you for your prayers there. Be in prayer for our beloved Pastor David. This week he has opportunity to speak uh, to the Republican women of Chapel Hill about Israel. Um, This will be Thursday at lunchtime, so please be praying for that and just grateful for how the Lord's providing opportunity for our church to stand with Israel and to help folks understand things. So I just encourage you folks to continue to be in prayer for those things and be in prayer for Israel, be in prayer for the people, be in prayer for salvation, be in prayer for the hostages. Um, Also, keeping with the theme of things to pray for, remember uh, Pastor David, Dan, and Ava are going to be headed to Tunisia uh, February 7th. So please commit that to prayer every day throughout the day until they get back, and then keep praying for the seeds that they're going to plant and the word that goes forth continually. So please, please, please keep all those things in prayer. Uh, Now, we're taking a break from the book of John today, so if you didn't do the charge from last week, you have a week to do it. Uh, So get it done. Now, um, today, it's Sanctity of Human Life uh, Sunday, and tomorrow will be the, the official day. So this is the 40th year of Sanctity of Human Life, and we know that this is tied to 1973, Roe v. Wade. We had the woman go to the Supreme Court from Texas because she couldn't have an abortion in Texas. And that's where that case comes through. 1984, Reagan proclaimed January 22nd to be the day to celebrate human life. In 92, the Supreme Court upheld the constitutional right for a woman to have abortion, but they put strict bans on how. Under the eight years of the Clinton administration, sanctity of life wasn't really a thing. And then in 2001, Bush reinstated it. And in 2022, June 24, we all know what happened then. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And we give thanksgiving and praise to that answer to prayer. Um, With that, we think about our culture today, and I think a lot of our culture is all about the my body, my choice. I always find it funny that didn't apply during COVID, but it applies at convenience, if you will. But when we think about that, our culture promotes freedom, choice, wanting to do whatever we do. And before we hear from our ministry partner, as the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chapel Hill, there's a few things I just want to say on this issue. First thing that I want to say, if you're here today, if you are a woman that is here today who has had an abortion, or if you are a man who's here today who's pushed a woman to have an abortion or has been towards that, there's something I want to remind you. One, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you are saved, if you are under the blood of Christ, if you have received and believed that gift we're looking at in John, you are forgiven. And I remind you of Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. 
So I want to remind that and lay that foundation before we delve into this topic this morning. And I encourage you to pray through Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Pray and ask the Lord, how would you use my story with that for your good? Who can I minister to? Who can I talk to that they not make the same decision that I made? And if you aren't saved... John 3.16, let's talk after this. Don't leave here without having a chit-chat. And let's talk about the state of your soul. And on forgiveness, when we think about that, remember we have the model of how to pray. It's not a prayer to recite the Lord's Prayer. But it is a model how to pray. And when we look at that in Matthew 6, we're reminded. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You have to forgive. And that includes forgiving yourself. If you're someone who has made that choice or had that journey. You need to seek the Lord's forgiveness, and we also need to make sure we forgive ourselves. And as brothers and sisters on the periphery of this, be in prayer, come alongside folks with array of different emotions. Now, if you're here, and maybe you, this is your first time here, and who knows, maybe you're considering an abortion, or maybe you know someone who may be, or maybe the topic is going to come up at some point, I want to remind us, God has ordained you being here in this moment today, and there are seeds that are going to be planted that you need to use. And there's a few things that I just want us to ponder. Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder. Abortion is murder. We can't see it any other way. It's killing an innocent life in the womb. Now, God can forgive. We have to repent. We know all sins, and I say all sins, because sometimes we can pick some and be like, that's worse. All sins can be forgiven. We need to remember that. All sins can be forgiven, and we have to remember by the blood of Jesus Christ they are. So embrace that, cherish that, but we still have to remember and call abortion what it is, murder. Then some people will say, well, what about incest? What about rape? What about those horrible situations? My answer to that is murder, truly the answer to those horrible things. And when we go further with that, I'm not going to go into the details because we're streaming, but I have a very, very, very close family member who chose to have an abortion, regretted it to the day, then was raped and chose to keep the child, chose life. And I will tell you from that, knowing he's getting ready to enter high school, he's very happy knowing life was chosen. So we need to remember that. Well, what about the mother's health? Various sources, and I could go through a bunch, will point to the fact that in less than 1% of all pregnancies should abortion be something that's considered, less than 1%. And in that less than 1%, they will often tell you that the things that can be done, there's so many other medical interventions that can be done to preserve the mother's life and the child. So it doesn't mean that we have to then go for it for that. And we also have to remember that we serve the God of miracles, and miracles come in all different forms, all different forms. God is sovereign, and he is control. He is in control. He decides life and death. We do not get to choose that. And when one chooses an abortion, guess what you're doing? You're taking God's sovereignty away. You're saying, I'm God, and we can't roll with that. A few final passages before we bring Lakeisha up here. One, Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God 
Son, Holy Spirit creates life. Don't forget that. Exodus 21, verse 22. If men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished as the woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. We're in a portion of Exodus with the laws of retribution. But if any man harms, if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. That unborn baby dies, that life is then going to die who did that, according to what we see in Exodus. God caring about the life of an unborn child. Now, as believers, we love this verse in Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us beforehand. That means he cares before that life even begins. If you think about the calling to Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. A calling, a purpose on the life of Jeremiah. There's a calling and purpose in every single life. And don't think the only calling is to be in ministry or to do this. Every single one of you that's sitting in this room has a purpose and calling that God has on your life. Big and small that you need to be obedient to. Christmas passed. I remind us, don't just think about Christmas on the 25th. So we're going to have a Christmas thought now. We think about Luke. Luke 1, 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped, not looped, leaped in my womb for joy. That's life in the womb. That's life taking place. And then Luke 2, 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered because the life has to grow. It starts and it grows and then comes forth. And the last passage I want to read, Psalm 139. For you formed me, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. God's eyes seeing the substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Some will try to say the Bible doesn't say anything about abortion. I think we just went through a few verses that might have something to do with the topic. They do. One, it's murder. But two, we serve a God of life. And the second conception begins, it's life. At Calvary Chapel, Chapel Hill, from the day one, from the day praying on planting, Pastor David Michelle, this church has always stood for life. This church will always stand for life. Amidst that, before we bring our guest up, a few things to remind you to pray for. Pray for the youth of the church. Pray for the hypersexual hookup culture. 
that is pervasive and permeates and pray for the sacredness of courtship to return. Pray for the parents to stand on biblical truth and to not compromise. 10 years as an, uh, 15 years as an educator, 10 as a school administrator, and praise the Lord for the success I was able to have with families, but I will tell you, I'm sick and tired of parents making excuses. They're teens. You can't do that. They're teens. No, guess what? Set boundaries. You are the parent. Guess what? They don't actually need the phone or screen. I said it. Guess what? They will be okay. Guess what? You are the parent, period. Period. So it's really, really important that we remember that because within our culture, we wonder why anxiety, depression, all of these other labels are rampant. I worked at a boarding school for five years where we had it, and the head and I would always talk with the parents. You need to be the parent. You need to set boundaries. So pray for the families of this church and pray that Christ actually be at the center, that it not just be a Sunday thing or before the meal thing, but that y'all talk about Jesus all the time. And if that bugs you or rubs you the wrong way, go to the Lord in prayer over that conviction and let's have a chit chat because the time is now. Be the parents. Second, pray for the women and men involved in situations where abortion's being considered as an option. Pray for their salvation. Pray they find support on the journey. And pray for the men, too. Don't go with the cultural lie that men will, that nothing happens till the baby can walk or talk. Men don't really do anything. She's got this. Fake news. You need to be engaged. Pray for the men. Saints of Calvary Chapel Hill, we can't be a body of believers that just points the fingers. That's sin. That's horrible. No. We need to be in prayer. We need to come alongside. And we need to serve. We've got some folks in our church already serving. Lisa, someone you can talk to. Barbara and Eileen are ministering to a young girl who chose life. There's people in the body who are doing the work. And it's also vital, pray for those on the front lines. So excited to have Lakeisha Blake here with uh, Pregnancy Support Services. She's the interim director for client services right here in Chapel Hill. And I will tell you, the team at PSS, as my wife and I moving into this role, have gotten to know Lakeisha. We've gotten to know Tracy, the interim executive director, Carrie, the clinic coordinator, Mandy, one of the nurses. I'm going to tell you something about this team at PSS. They are a team that humbly loves and serves Jesus, seeking to stand for life. They're a team that sacrificially serves these mothers. They're a team that doesn't buy the culture lie that men don't have a place at the table of birth and pregnancy. I got a lot of feelings on that. You know that. Um, but with that, um, they really, really do care about bringing the whole unit to the table. So it is a joy. I'm so grateful that this church has a history of partnering with Pregnancy Support Services. We're going to keep that going. I'm excited to see other things and other opportunities the Lord will open for us to dig deeper. But with that, let's give a warm Calvary Chapel, Chapel Hill welcome to Lakeisha. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? All right. I um, am so grateful to be here, and I don't have to speak as long as I thought because Pastor Vince already shared some, some really good things, and so I can just piggyback off of a lot of what he already said. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. I had to go to a church last week um, and talk about PSS, and it's a church where a friend of mine is the pastor, and I was driving to the church, and I was so excited and thinking, I wonder what the sermon's going to be about, and 
And then the Lord reminded me, um, you're the sermon. <laughs> and so <laughs> I didn't forget that this morning. <laughs> I came ready, came prepared. Um, and so I'm very grateful to be here at Calvary Chapel. You all have been such great supporters of PSS for such a long time. Um, you've contributed financially. You've contributed in your time um, and your talents you've given to us. I'll give a couple of examples. We had a Christmas party um, in December for our clients, for their kids, for their family members. And it was such a joyful time. And part of that joy was we got to have live Christmas carols. And uh, Christina came over and she led everyone in singing Joy to the World and we wish you a Merry Christmas. And I just remember like looking around the room, seeing everybody with smiles on their faces and singing loud and just such joy. There was such joy in the room. Um, so we were so grateful for that. Um, Michelle helped bring together some donations for gift cards for the moms, so we were able to give them Christmas presents. Um, and I remember one mom opening up her, her little Christmas bag, and she said, ooh, gift card. She was so excited. And so I want to thank you all for um, contributing in that way. Um, we have an upcoming baby shower. Um, in the spring, and Calvary Chapel is signed up to help with that. And so you all are already a church that is doing so much to support life, and um, we're grateful for that. As Pastor Vince said, I am the Interim Client Services Director at PSS. I've been there since September of 2022, um, but this is my second stint at PSS. When I first graduated from college, I graduated from Carolina. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> I served from 2008 to 2013 um, in our abstinence education program, so I got to go around to high schools and middle schools and youth groups and talk to kids about healthy relationships, um, about sex, um, about God's plan for all of that, and so that was really fun, and now I'm in a more client-facing role, and I get to work with churches and volunteers and things like that, so that's a little bit about me. And I know many of you are already familiar with PSS, but for those of you who are not, I want to give just a brief overview of who we are and what we do. And I'll take my first slide. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, PSS was born from prayer. There was a group of Christians um, back in the 80s who wanted to offer alternatives to abortion to women in our area. And so... Rather than coming up with their own plans and their own ideas, they dedicated themselves to prayer and seeking the Lord. And out of that time, Pregnancy Support Services was born. And I think the fact that it has existed since 1982, so we are 42 years old, just points to the fact that God is the one who birthed this ministry and God is the one who has continued to sustain this ministry over many, many years. I'll take the second slide. Um, at Pregnancy Support Services, we offer help and hope to women who are facing unplanned pregnancies. And the reason behind that is because we believe both the mother and the baby were created in God's image. We believe both have purpose. Um, we believe both are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so in order to reach that baby in the mom's womb, we have to reach that mother as well. And so we minister to her, we provide a safe place for her to share about her experiences, to express her 
fears. Um, sometimes women come to PSS and they are able to express things, say things, admit things that they haven't been able to share with anyone else. And when they do that, they're able to receive truth. And so we share the gospel with them. We ask them questions. Um, and sometimes we just have to sit in silence and allow the Lord to speak and the Holy Spirit to, to minister in that silent space. A lot of women who come to PSS say they feel such peace there. Um, they receive prayer. Many of them cry because they, they just haven't experienced the presence of the Lord um, in that way. And so we really are thankful to God that he's provided that space for women and that we get to be a part of ministering to them. In that way, many times we do see women change their mind who come in abortion-minded, and sometimes we don't. Um, sometimes women do go on to um, have abortions, and I'll talk a little bit about that in the service that we offer there. <clears throat> but I'll take the, um, the next slide. And I'll also share um, what some of the women that work at PSS have said about why they work there. Why do they pour out their lives in this ministry? One of my coworkers said, I want to offer the hope that I have through Christ to women who come seeking help when their situations sometimes feel hopeless. When everyone around them is telling them they aren't strong or resilient enough, I want to encourage them that they can step into motherhood, that the God who created them uniquely and cares for them sees them and can help them through this. Another coworker said, I work at PSS because I know that God loves every human he has created, so much so that he gave his only son that we all might know the gift of life with him forever. His love isn't based on how old you are or how big you are, and he seems to have an extra soft spot for the vulnerable among us. Hard to imagine a human more vulnerable than the one living in its mother's womb. I love being able to share the Lord's unconditional love with each woman who comes through our door. And some of those ways that we share that love and that care are through the services that we offer. As our name suggests, of course, we offer pregnancy testing. And we also offer limited first trimester ultrasounds. Those two, are, two things are very important to confirm pregnancies and to confirm whether or not they are viable. So we have nurses on staff who take care of those things. We also offer accurate information on all choices. There is a lot of misinformation out there about pregnancy and about abortion. And so we are able to share with them the truth about those things. And we're also able to share information about adoption um, and what an awesome option that is as well and make connections with adoption agencies. And we also are able to talk to them about the choice to parent. Other services that we provide include um, childbirth education and parenting education. We have something called our HOPE program where the women are able to come with their partners or their support people. They get a meal. They um, participate in a class, an educational class like infant CPR or pregnancy nutrition, um, things, postpartum care, things like that. And then we have a Bible study together where we're able to dig into the scriptures. We also offer case management services. We have a really awesome bilingual case manager, and we're able to connect our clients with resources in the community that they need. We also offer post-abortion care, and so if a woman has had an abortion, we want to know that our door is open for when she begins to feel that guilt and that shame and just all those different emotions that come up. She's able to come 
um, to PSS, find a safe place and dig into the scriptures and see what God says about it all. She's able to find forgiveness and healing and redemption. I remember one woman in particular that went through our program. It was really beautiful to see her be launched into ministry as she got healed as she was able to receive the Lord's forgiveness, she was able to then go on and walk in her purpose um, and help other people. And so it's a really powerful um, aspect of our ministry. Like I said before, we offer Bible studies as well. And we have a clothing closet where women are able to come shopping and get all the things they need for um, their babies and for themselves. Okay. And I thought it would be good just to share a few testimonies with you of some of the things that we've seen over this last year. I can't give lots of detail, um, but I can kind of share some broad strokes, some overviews of testimonies um, that we've seen over uh, 2023. There was a particular client who came in in a very, I would say, backslidden condition. And after being with us at PSS, she renewed her relationship with God. She was on fire for him again. And she even found the strength to leave a, a destructive relationship and, um, and build a better life for her and her baby. We had another client come in who was very abortion-minded. She had lots of relational issues and felt that it wasn't the right time for her to have a baby. And she came to our office several times for many different appointments. We were able to talk with her, pray with her, um, help her with her needs, invite her to different PSS events. And now today, that client is a doting mother. She visits our office with her baby, and she lights up when she talks about her. And, um, yeah, it's just beautiful to see her embrace motherhood in that way. We've had a couple of clients who came to PSS. They were not abortion-minded, but they were facing very dire situations. They were pregnant, unsaved, homeless, and they needed lots of help. Fast forward about a year later since coming to PSS, those same clients have received salvation, are the parents of beautiful babies, and are living in a great apartment and are connected to a local church. There's another young woman who came to our office and was in um, a very difficult emotional space. Um, we talked to her. She expressed the desire to have an abortion. Um, we talked to, talked to her about that. We shared all the information. We asked her questions. Um, we presented her with the truth, but that woman made the choice to have an abortion. And I'm happy to report that at this point, that same young woman um, is in a place of repentance, is in a place of pursuing the Lord like she never has before, um, and is you can just see the change in her. So although there was that experience, you can see, like Pastor Vince was talking about, just the hand of the Lord and bringing about um, healing and redemption in her life, and it's been really beautiful to see. And so that, those stories are just a small snapshot of what we're seeing God do in the lives of our clients. We are reminded that this is his work and that he is still performing miracles. But as you can imagine, we're also encountering really hard situations that have sad outcomes. That's just the reality of things. And we're also experiencing the rapid changes that have come over the last couple of years with changes in abortion law. And so I want to get into talking about that with you today. But first, 
Um, I feel like in order to understand what's happening concerning abortion in our state and in our nation, we first have to look at the scripture. I feel we must look at current events through the lens of scripture or else we'll get discouraged or overwhelmed. But how many of us know that there's nothing new under the sun and God's word speaks to everything? And so we let's go to his word first um, to kind of frame what we're going to talk about today. And so I'm just going to walk you through several scriptures. Um, you don't have to turn to all these places. You can if you want to. I'm kind of going to give you just an overview. First, I want us to consider how many times throughout scripture God's people found themselves in great turmoil and bondage. And God's answer to free them from that turmoil and bondage was to bring forth a baby. Think about that. Think about Exodus chapter 2. The Israelites were in slavery, enslaved to the Egyptians for hundreds of years. And who did God send? Moses. Y'all can talk back. <laughs> I like when you do that. Yes, he sent Moses. Moses was born, and he was the one that God used to deliver his people from the Egyptians. Fast forward to Judges 13. And the Israelites were in bondage, this time to the Philistines. And God sent a message <clears throat> to a couple to let them know that they were going to have a son who was going to begin to deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Philistines. What was that baby's name? Samson. There you go. Y'all know y'all's Bible. <laughs> and then we move to, um, this is my favorite. This story is really near and dear to my heart for many reasons. Um, but the first few chapters of Samuel, the Israelites were being subjected to some really corrupt priests, um, Hophni and Phinehas, okay? They were basically desecrating um, the temple and the worship that was being offered to God, and they were participating in sexual immorality, and they were just feeding their flesh, okay? They were not being who God had called the priesthood to be. And so in order to address and correct, correct the corruption in the priesthood, God sent a baby to a woman named Hannah who was crying out for a child. What was that baby's name? Samuel. Yes. And Samuel grew up to be a, a great prophet in Israel, and it says of him, none of his words fell to the ground. But his story starts by God sending him to his mom, a baby in the womb. And then we get to the end of the Old Testament. Um, Malachi is the last book. And for 400 years, we don't have any words from the Lord. There's no prophet in Israel. And then we get to the New Testament. And Luke 1 tells the story of a couple who was old and barren. But God sends them a baby. What's his name? There we go. Another baby. To turn the age. From the old covenant to the new, John the Baptist sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And so now let's narrow our focus to the one baby that changed everything. The most significant birth in all of history is when Christ Jesus came in the flesh, entered humanity as a baby. God became man. And that God man would grow up die on a cross, rise from the dead, and defeat sin, 
Satan and death forever. The angel who came to Mary and announced Jesus' birth said of him, I think it's in, in Luke 1, verse 33, 31 through 33. The angel said to Mary, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then sometime after that startling announcement, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. These were astonishing proclamations about what Jesus would accomplish in bringing salvation to all people. But what happened immediately after Jesus was born seemed to be the opposite of what the angels had announced. Think about that. Jesus was born, but then Herod, an evil king, Afraid that Jesus would overthrow his political kingdom, ordered the death of all male children two years old and younger in the city where Jesus was born. So here we have the event that would eventually bring forth salvation and eternal life for all humanity, closely followed by a time of terror and great sorrow. When I thought about this, um, What the Lord brought to mind was that this shows a pattern that plays out time and time again throughout history. God moves powerfully to bring about his purposes in the earth, often sending a baby. And Satan catches wind of it and tries to destroy what God is doing. Notice I said try. But he never has and he never will succeed because our God is supreme and his work on the earth is unstoppable. Now, consider all of that, that biblical history, and I want you to fast forward to 2024 and realize that we're seeing this same pattern play out right now when it comes to the lives of women, their children, and the issue of abortion. I'll take, uh, I think, the fifth slide. Okay. Um, Pastor Vince mentioned that Roe v. Wade was overturned, as we all know, on June 24th, 2022. Um, the, on that date, the U.S. U.S. Supreme Court held that the Constitution of the United States does not include a right to abortion. Um, the court's decision meant that individual states now made um, decisions about abortion law. It was not made by federal mandate. And so if we look at that and then we come in a little closer to our own state, on July 1st, 2023, North Carolina's law regarding abortion changed significantly. While abortion is still legal in North Carolina, it is no longer allowed after 12 weeks of pregnancy except for limited circumstances. Previously, before this law, abortion was allowed within the first 20 weeks of pregnancy for any reason at all. And the reason I share this, uh, these things is because these were huge changes. They were monumental, they were important, and they were necessary. And these changes have resulted in less abortions in our own state and also many others. However, 
even with the celebration of Roe v. Wade, even with the celebration of what has happened in our own state, I do not want us to be lulled to sleep thinking that what happened at the governmental level is the end of the story. It really is only just the beginning because ultimately abortion is a go gospel issue and not a governmental issue. One important fact that many people aren't aware of is that while there has been an, a decrease, and we thank God for it, there has been a decrease in abortion in North Carolina since the new law went into effect this summer. There has been an increase in abortion nationwide since Roe v. Wade was overturned, okay? And so remember what I was saying earlier about the pattern. We see God move powerfully to bring forth his purposes in the earth, but we also see the enemy and we also see darkness try to come um, and destroy all of that, okay? It will not succeed. A big reason for the rise in abortion numbers, even despite the changes in the law, is because of something called chemical abortion. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what that is, just because I think it's important for us to be aware of what is happening and what people are facing and what people are going through, okay? Chemical abortion is, uh, I think what we're used to, let me back up, what we're used to is um, abortion clinics and people going to have a surgical procedure done. But now what is happening is that more um, abortions are accomplished through chemical abortion than through surgery, okay? Women are able to receive from their doctors um, pills that cause the demise of the baby and then a second pill that causes the baby to be expelled from her body. Chemical abortion is approved up to 10 weeks of pregnancy. And unfortunately, what is happening now is because of all the changes um, in the law, people are now ordering abortion pills online, having those sent to them in their mail, and nobody has to know. Okay? So this is not every case, but a lot of cases um, people are receiving abortion pills by mail and then taking them at home by themselves, okay? It is very isolating and is, can be very dangerous as well. I think um, it is important for us to be aware of this, um, aware of what is going on again so we won't be lulled to sleep. Okay, it is becoming to where it is, can be more hidden, um, where women are able to pursue this avenue. It's cheaper sometimes um, to go this route. And um, it just can come with a lot of emotional trauma. Okay, I went to a post-abortion training once and the lady leading the training was sharing with me um, that whereas People used to go to a, a clinic and to have this procedure done. Um, now they're having it in their home. So their home is the place of where this event is taking place. Um, this is no longer a doctor that is doing this procedure to them. It's them taking the pills themselves. Okay? So just imagine, again, the, the trauma that happens with that. <clears throat> Thank you.
So knowing this information, I feel, is very important, but it's definitely not enough. So we must ask ourselves, God, how would you have me and how would you have us to respond? How are you calling me and how are you calling us to nurture, protect, and celebrate life right now in 2024? What should our response be? I have a few things to share. Um, First, I'll start with the fact that our response should be to trust, depend, and rely on God, first and foremost. Psalm 68, 20, I love this verse. I say this to myself about once a week. Um, Our God is a God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belongs deliverances from death. I'll say that again. And to God, the Lord, belongs deliverances from death. Even with all of this information and all of these new things happening all around us, we have to trust and depend and rely on God. Thinking back to the history that I talked about before from Scripture and all that God did to bring about deliverance, all that God did to save lives, all that God did to move miraculously and powerfully to bring forth his purposes in the earth. And so what Psalm 68:20 is letting us know is that It's not us and our power and our ability, but it's us aligning ourselves with the one who has the power and the ability to deliver from death. And that's God himself. Okay. so our first response is that we must have 100 percent complete dependence and reliance on God. Our second response is found in Ephesians five. I really love um, these verses found in uh, Ephesians five, starting at verse eight. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. What should our response be? Ephesians 5 lets us know that our response should be to live as children of light. When we are shining bright with the light of the Lord, when we are walking in his precepts, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to sex, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to raising our kids, the the brightness and the beauty of that is undeniable. And what light does is it exposes the true character and the nature of a thing. And so when people look at believers and they see us simply obeying God and doing what he's called us to do and living pure and holy lives and depending on him in our marriages and depending on him in our relationships and and following his ways when it comes to raising our children, people will want that light for themselves. As we walk and as we live as children of the light, it will make the ways of the world look so, expose it for the evil and the darkness that it is. So speaking up and speaking out is very important. That's a part of exposing the evil works of darkness. But I think even more than that, just living and walking obediently as children of God in these matters of relationships and sex and marriage And parenting is what is going to expose the evil works of darkness. Does that make sense? We are to walk 
We are to live as children of light. I'll take the next slide, I think. Okay. The third thing, what should our response be? One uh, way that you can respond is to connect to PSS, your local pregnancy center. Um, we are seeing women and men all the time who are grappling with these decisions. And so we have different ways uh, for you to be involved at our center. One of those ways, um, as individuals, there are several ways you can be involved. One of those ways is to support our HOPE program. That's the program I was telling you about where we do Bible study and parenting class um, and eat a meal together. You can support our HOPE program by um, going to our Amazon wish list and providing graduation gifts for our, um, our clients. It's so fun. Last Thursday, I think we just had a graduation and um, the ladies get diapers, they get diaper bags, um, they get all kinds of things to care for their babies as they complete their classes and as they participate in the program. And it's really cool just to celebrate them and to see them celebrate one another. Another thing that you can do as an individual is to provide um, just the material things that moms need that we keep stocked in our clothing closet, like diapers and clothes and um, wipes and baby items and just all of those different things. There's always a constant need for that. Another way that you can, can be involved, another way that you can respond to what is going on um, in our community is to be an ambassador for PSS. Um, we have lots of information cards, um, and you can take those to libraries, you can take those to restaurants, you can take those to laundromats, your hair salon, your barbershop, all the places that you go throughout your day, and just leave PSS information um, in those different places. I've done it to where um, I've just posted stuff up at the bus stop. Um, just wherever you go, you can be an ambassador for PSS. And another way to be involved as an individual is to sign up to be a prayer partner with us. We do a, I have to admit, I'm the one that's in charge of sending the prayer emails. It's supposed to be bi-monthly, but lately it's just been once a month. I'm trying to do a little bit better with that. But if you sign up to be um, a prayer partner with us, you would get those prayer emails. Another thing that we have is our 911 text line. And so that when we have an urgent case um, that we're dealing with, we send that out to our 911 prayer partners and they respond immediately and they pray immediately right in the moment um, when these different things are going on. Okay, I'll take the next slide. Another, um, other ways that you can be involved are as a congregation or as a, a small group. And as I said before, Calvary Chapel is already doing some of these things, but I'll just go through um, a few of them again. We are looking to train and mobilize life teams um, at different churches in our area. So we have a curriculum. We didn't put it together. We got it from our um, national oversight, which is called CareNet. Um, they put together a program called Making Life Disciples. It's a video training course that helps prepare people to minister and disciple to those who are facing unplanned pregnancies. It's a really great curriculum. And what we want to do is we want to offer that to groups um, all throughout our area so that once you go through that, then you are able to have a more um, closer relational connection with our clients through like mentorship, 
um, things like adopting a client and her family, things like that. Okay, so that's something we would want a small group to be able to do together. Um, someone from PSS would facilitate that that video training, um, and so it wouldn't be like a big burden on the group. Okay. Another thing that a group could do is make a meal for one of our HOPE classes. Um, like I said, we eat together. It's a really great time of fellowship. It's a really great time where the women are able to make friendships with one another. And so we've had people bring lasagna and salad and bread. We've had people do Chick-fil-A. We've had people do fried chicken and green beans and everything in between. Um, so if you, I always tell people, if you like to cook, if you think you can cook and other people think you can cook, then, then this is something that you, would, you can sign up for. That's an important distinction. <laughs> um, another thing I mentioned before is just adopting a client and her family. This is something just new that we are implementing that we want to try because we have found that we offer what we can. We do what God's called us to do at Pregnancy Support Services, but our, the women and the men who come to us need so much more than what we pr can provide, okay? Um, the people who come to our center, they need the same thing that we all need. Um, each of us needs a relationship with our Heavenly Father and a relationship with his church. <laughs> and so we at PSS want to be a bridge to the local church for... Um, for those who come to our center and who want and desire that, okay? Another thing that small groups or congregations can do is host a baby shower. This is something that Calvary Chapel is signed up to do in April. And so I would suggest if that's something you're interested in, if you like event planning and party planning and all that, um, get with Michelle Marini. Um, she's heading that up as far as I know, and she can talk to you about the details and being involved in uh, that upcoming baby shower in the spring. Okay. Last two things um, to answer the question of how we should respond. Um, and again, Pastor Vince alluded to this a little bit before, is that we need to equip the next generation. Okay? There are young people um, who are being bombarded with all kinds of messages concerning life, concerning abortion, um, concerning sex and relationships. And so it is so vital and it's so important um, that we equip our young people with um, God's word and God's heart concerning these things. I go to uh, lots of different events concerning um, life, and I'm so grateful for the people that I see there. I'm so grateful for people who have prayed for years and years concerning this issue and have given their lives for this issue. And at the same time, I sometimes grieve because I don't see the same number of young people coming up behind them. And that is so important and so vital. And so we need to be equipping the next generation. And lastly, I'll just share a few things that you can pray about. Again, just adding to some of the things that Pastor Vince shared. Um, be praying for healing for men and women who are suffering in silence because of a past abortion. Pray every single day for men and for women who are contemplating abortion. 
Pray for healthy marriages and families in the church. Pray that we would walk as children of the light so that we could expose those evil works of darkness. And one thing that we're seeing at PSS that is an urgent need, um, I think within the last two weeks, we've seen four, um, four situations of people who need housing. Women are pregnant. Um, they're in really precarious housing situations, or they're homeless. And there are just really, um, it's hard to find housing solutions for them. And so I see this as a gap um, in services that the church can fulfill, that the church can step into. Our God is a very creative God, and he's also a God of hospitality. And so what would it look like for the church to step into this space, to not just say, oh, that's what social services does. Oh, you just call the county, and that's what they do. Um, no, it's, it's on us. It's what God has called us to do in serving. Um, and so that's something that we can pray into, and that's something we could be thinking about together, as how can, we, how can we as brothers and sisters in Christ come together and serve people in this way? So as I close, um, I want you to remember what I shared at the very beginning, that when we see such an assault on life and the well-being of women and families, it means that God is moving mightily and he's bringing forth his plans and his purposes in our region and on the earth. Each of us is here for such a time as this. He's called us to be conduits of his life and his light and his love to people all around us. You never know who may be contemplating abortion. You never know who may be struggling with one that happened in their past. You never know what man may be struggling in silence because he wants to encourage his partner to continue her pregnancy, but people have told him his voice doesn't matter. Let us serve King Jesus by offering help and hope and truth and love to the men and the women and the children who are in these situations right now as I speak. And remember that our God is a God of salvation and to God the Lord belongs deliverances from death. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I'm just really want to give this to you. This is from Calvary Chapel, Chapel Hill, of course. Thank you for all that you were doing, and just wanted to ask my wife to close us in prayer. Father, we just come to you and thank you so much for this um, this talk by Lakeisha Lord, and we thank you for this ministry partner PSS, and we just want to pray through these um, these items that Lakeisha brought up, Lord. We just lift up right now um, those men and women here in this room, um, in this town, in our state, and in our country, Lord, and beyond, who have suffered from abortions. Father, we just ask that you minister deeply through your Word, Lord, um, and I just pray that. You bring repentance and healing, Lord, and um, true victory through Christ. Um, we also lift up men and women who are contemplating abortions right now, whether it's in this room, in this city, in this state, this country, beyond, Lord. We just ask that, um, Holy Spirit, you bring those words um, off the page um, from the Bible into those hearts, Lord, and that... Um, through all your means, Lord, through all your ways, Lord, that you do um, stop this temptation and um, 
just reroute uh, this, these families and these, um, these babies, Lord. We also ask, as Lakeisha asked us, to pray for, for um, strong men, strong women, strong families, Lord. And we pray that um, our church is just a conduit of, of strengthening through the word and um, through fellowship. And we also ask, as Lucasia did ask us to pray for, that we are walking as children of the light, Lord, and um, for these uh, clients of PSS, Lord, who are facing homelessness, are facing um, these pregnancies, Father, we just ask uh, for peace, for strength, Lord, um, for hope, for encouragement. Um, please guide us as we pray for them. Please guide us as we act to serve and to minister. And we just ask for a blessing for Lakeisha. Thank you for her ministry. Um, please go before us. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a beautiful afternoon, everyone. And Lakeisha, um, I think you'll be out the table. There's a table right on the Welcome Center where you're heading out if you want to ask questions, sign up for things, or anything of the sort. So that is all. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, thank you. God bless everybody.